Beyond Synth 356. Beyond Synth Radio. That's what this is. Coming up, Andy Last interviews the best artists in Synthwave. Beyond Synth is next. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth. I am Andy and I host this show. Now today is going to be a kind of weird one. In the past week, I've recorded two video interviews that went online on the Beyond Synth YouTube page as part of the Andy at Desk show where I chatted with Ollie Ride about his upcoming live show in LA. And I also talked to a guy called Sam Vallely who is currently running a Kickstarter for a video game that is inspired by the AKI wrestling games on the Nintendo 64. Remember like No Mercy, WrestleMania 2000 those uh, NCW versus NWO games. And uh, I always really enjoyed those wrestling games. And so his project was just really exciting and I wanted to chat with him about it. And we did that. And, you know, I put a lot of work into those video interviews and I was really happy that I got them out so quickly. But obviously more people listen to this podcast than watch the YouTube channel. And I figured uh, the podcast listeners would probably be interested in my conversation with Ollie and with Sam too, actually, because if any of you are fans of the old N64 era wrestling games. I think what he's doing is really awesome. So I just thought I would take those two interviews and actually put them into the podcast. So this episode is going to be my conversation I had with Ollie Ride, and then next episode is going to be the conversation I had with Sam, and hopefully uh, you enjoy that as well. So let's listen to some music, and then we'll go chat with Ollie Ride. So this is a cool song from Fury Weekend from the album Retro Rangers. This is Last Rendezvous.
And that was Last Rendezvous by Fury Weekend from the album Retro Rangers. That is a cool song. All right, don't forget, you can check out all the artists I feature on the show in the show notes. So, here's the deal. First up, we're going to chat with Ollie Ride. Uh, Like I said before, these are conversations taken from the Andy at Desk talk show, so the audio is going to be different because I'm not talking into my studio microphone. I'm talking into my live stream microphone, which is a boom mic that hangs over my head. So there is a little difference in the quality, and of course, we will be uh, taking some music breaks throughout the chat. So we're going to go do that now. Before we do, I would also like to acknowledge that Patreon supporter Toots in the 1986 Club has returned to the Patreon. Toots is a cool guy. Of course, Toots is actually Sonny Crockett, who is actually Ethan, who is a cool guy who's uh, helped out with some behind-the-scenes stuff for the podcast, and of course, uh, your support is greatly appreciated. And if you want to be cool like Toots, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth and support the show. Now, let's go chat with Ollie Wright. All right, so look, I'm here right now with talented music man, Ollie Ride. How you doing, How's it sir? going? I'm very I'm well. good. How are you? Oh, we got a funny delay going on. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, today, Ollie's got some exciting news. I've not spoken with you in a, in a year, if we assume that we didn't already talk earlier today on the phone. But tell everybody uh, what's going on. God, has it been a year? I, th- I swear it was, it's been longer than a year, but... Um, oh, well, then maybe it's been two years. Oh, wait, no, yeah, because it was when whenever you put out the last album, the first album. That's 2019. And we did a little catch-up to follow up on the fact that when you filmed that music video, there was a slight uh, car incident. Crash. And so I think, yeah, I wanted to touch base with you again just to make sure your neck was yeah. fine. Yeah. And now that was, um, Christ... I mean, what's time anymore? It's been, it's been like three, maybe three years. And we've sort of entered into this space-time wormhole void, and I've lost all sense of what time is. So <laughs> I've just been robbed of a few years. So God, well, since the last time we spoke, throughout the pandemic, I think once I, I finally adjusted to to the reality of that interminable madness, I um, I got to work on um, what is now my second record it was a really interesting time because i i mean maybe you felt this as well but you know when you're you're first sort of confronted with a little bit of alone time and and some introspection and you thought oh maybe i'll pick up that hobby that i never really indulged in or this will be a good time for me to read or watch loads of films and you know a clean slate as it were and I think after about three days of that, I uh, <laughs> I started to lose my marbles because you know I I, I sort of crave contact and uh, interaction with people, and, and a, a large part of my job is it's predicated on the basis of performing and being around lots of people and and getting life experience that way. So to be robbed of that for so many years, it was really really difficult. So it, it kind of informed like my songwriting and and this this uh this new record that i've been working on and um for the first time in a long time actually i i started working with other writers further afield different record labels and publishers and and i hadn't done that since i started my career because that was how i earned my my crust when i started out it was a little bit strange because 
we were writing from separate parts of the globe and 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 usually when you're in a writing session for example you, you you're feeding off the energy and you're counterpointing one another's ideas and finishing one another's sentences and the vibe is just it's it's palpable so when you're doing that from the other side of the computer screen it, it was a little bit unusual for me but i gradually found my footing with it and made some friends for life and um and and i just kept writing and writing and writing because i had nothing else to do and it, it, and i suppose for the first time ever i had the luxury of this abundance of time and so it allowed me to make a lot of songs with a complete lack of self-consciousness and sort of editing myself and so i ended up with like 200 songs by <laughs> in the two years and i was like this is ridiculous um but out of that i whittled it down to 12 and it formulated this this new record which i'm immensely proud of and um it sounds killer naturally i'm biased of course but mm. i think <laughs> working with other Working with other people, it, it forced me to up my game and, and view things from a slightly different perspective rather than just being in my little world. And I, above everything else, you always want to have great songs, but I wanted it to sound like a, an expensive record, like a, a proper body of work. And there's loads of live playing on it. It's got all the synthesizers and 80s goodness, but it, it's, it delves deeper into my direct influences. I mean, it's no secret, like, I'm a huge Bowie fan and, and um, Peter Gabriel and um, Bruce Springsteen. He, he's played sort of big part of my, um, the fabric of this record. And um, and so, yeah, I, I took my time with it and worked with a lot of different people. So there was the guys from St. Lucia, my friend um, who's in the 1975, he plays sax for them, John Woff. The, even some guys I was working with down in London who who write all of the Korean BTS K-pop stuff, you know, completely different worlds from me. But it, it, they they had a, a huge part to play with the production and and um, marrying their world with mine. It's it sort of yielded a, a really interesting record. So fast forward, I completed the record. Went back to LA, uh, the first opportunity I had when when borders were were open, and uh, made some videos. Re reconnected with Brad Canan, who's who filmed all of my videos, and um, I worked with him. Uh, we got the old crew back together. Also, David Shuler, he directed three of the videos, and he, he's the Bad Dreamers, and, and joined me and Cole on the FM tour a few times. I sort of got this vast catalogue of. I don't want to say content, but art, ready to go. And so now I'm on the, the, the precipice of, uh, or about to jettison it out into the world. And the focal point is this this first show back, kind of where it all started uh, in, in Los Angeles. It's both terrifying and exciting. So are you, uh, you going to be singing any Korean on this album? <laughs> <laughs> See, I was listening. That was well timed. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no dear is mm. <laughs> those guys um again i didn't think that it would it would work i mean usually i mean my manager at the time was sort of forcing me upon various uh, publishers and fixers to get me into the studio just to try and write with new people and and uh, and these guys came up and they were big fans of mine so that's usually a good start mm. and um you never know what to expect. 
So I went down to the, these studios in London, West London, called Matrix Complex, which is a huge complex of studios and production rooms and recording facility and publishing offices. And they had a sort of production suite in there. It was really nice. And it looked like a jungle. They'd sort of hung this artificial foliage and palm trees in there with neon lights and i was like yeah i can get on with these guys <laughs> <laughs> i like the i like the, the choice of decor and um mm. and we we wrote a killer song on the first day and, and we just all clicked and then we did more and they introduced me to other people and you sort of it felt really good it was like a a, a catalyst to really get going on the new record and, and it and it really sort of reaffirmed my a bit of self-belief because i was kind of you know, the last time we talked, things were kind of on this upward trajectory. You know, and I'd just put out the album. I'd come off the FM 84 tour, done a few solo shows that had sold out. And it was just, it was going like this. And then the rug was pulled from underneath me and the rest of the world. So it, it, maybe it was a blessing in disguise, perhaps. But it, it was also very difficult to wrestle with for, for quite a while, mentally. And so... Uh, you know, I thought, well, rather than stew and wallow, um, I'm going to get on and be creative and, and try and turn the page and, and do something really special that I'm, I'm really, really proud of. So, yeah. All right, and we'll return to my conversation with Ollie Ride after we listen to some music. So I figure let's listen to some Ollie Ride, right? Because we're talking to him. So uh, let's listen to Back to Life from the album Thanks in Advance.
And that was Ollie Ride with the track Back to Life from the album Thanks in Advance. It's a fun song. This is kind of the music you'll be hearing if you go see Ollie live. And uh, yeah, let's go back to my conversation with Ollie where we start talking about the live show. All right, so, but the bottom line is there's the album that comes out, but before that, you are uh, going to be doing a live performance. That's what all this hubbub is about, right? Yes. Yes, this is I suppose this is, this is why you dragged me on here mm. <laughs> to prostitute myself. Yes, yes. So well, the last show that I did was at the end of 2021 in London, and it was my biggest solo show today, and that was great. It had had the full band lineup going, and it really sort of instilled a lot of confidence in me to be like, okay, let's branch out a little bit further and go to let's try another key city, and of course. I wanted to be armed with a new record. And so um, it took me a little while to get it together. But here we are. You know, one of the m- most popular cities for, for for my music or people who know music that I've been involved with is, is Los Angeles. And that's where it, it kind of, a lot of it started for me and Cole in FM 84. I've played it a few times before with FM and The Midnight. And it's always been a wonderful reception. Always a sellout crowd, always a good time. And I thought, you know what, there, there comes a point, Andy, where you just have to be like, I've got to, I've got to roll the dice and, and, and put a bet on myself and take the chance. And if you're in a position to be able to stump up the, the scratch to go and do it, I think you owe it to yourself, but also the, um, the fans who've supported you. Because if you, the longer you, you hold out, interest wanes people move on and and the world changes and and i and i you know after being cooped up for two years this is like the earliest possibility you know um opportunity i promised myself like i've I've got to do this i've got to do this and i i want it to be right and i want to feel confident in doing it and i want to have something new to say but also 
I want to give them give give the people what they want and play the stuff that people know me for, stuff from the first album, and of course show off some of the new new stuff. And and where better to do that? Like in one of the most famous music venues in the world, and arguably one of the most legendary venues in in Los Angeles. So when and, uh, when is this show? You're very verbose, but people want to know the details. Sorry. That's what this show. This show is all about details. Okay, come on. So you, you can re- like come on. But I always like to give context. I'm, <laughs> you know, it's just me. I just I think <laughs> I'm, right. I'm sort of a, I'm sort of espousing like the Lord of the Rings, and you're like <laughs> <laughs> chapter one. Listen, listen. Um, context so be damned. All right, you're playing at the Troubadour. All right. It's all very exciting. Okay. Come on. Okay. Yes, Troubadour, <laughs> uh, June, the Troubadour, June fifteenth. That's a Thursday. Thursday, the fifteenth of June. June Thursday, fifteenth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is cool because uh, you're going there with like a whole, like a full band and stuff, right? It is a full band. It's drums, bass, keys, saxophonist. Everyone sings. I play as well. Run around and full light show it's like a full-on production it's basically the, the similar sort of show that i've managed to put on in the uk um but i'm taking it to america and it's uh no one's seen an ollie ride solo show in america before and um certainly nobody has really heard perhaps some of the the older songs with the full band as well so it really elevates it to it to a different um different place this is all the lead up to this album of course so what is the mm-hmm. when are people going to get a taste so the first single is going to be coming out next month i'm going to be releasing uh, or announcing more details on on the, the exact dates but the reason why it's taken a little bit longer than i than i expected is because i um partnered with uh, sony to put out the new album and the singles and and the details take a little bit longer to thrash out Everything has to be considered and, and, and measured. And, you know, the, I suppose there are pros and cons to a situation, but ultimately it's for the betterment of the music to get it to a wider audience. So the first single will be coming out next month, and then um, then we'll, that will take us into the show, which will coincide with an announcement, a pre-order announcement of the new album. And then I'll be releasing subsequent singles all the way up to the release of the album, which will be in September, I believe. Now that you have this sort of uh, connection with Sony, I think you should petition to have one of your tracks in Morbius 2. Morbius 2? That sounds like a synthesizer. Morbius was a real hit film for Sony in the, the Marvel Universe. You know, as Jared Leto as a vampire. and uh, Oh, God, that... Yeah, when... Okay, forgive me, my... um. <laughs> the joke is that there is not going to be a Morbius 2. I heard Morbius was a flop. It was. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Right. So, that's Okay, the, I'm with you. <laughs> Let's try that again. Um, you should petition to have one of your songs in Morbius 2. <laughs> Good one, Andy. Just got- <laughs> we have fun. That's great humor. Well, listen, man, I'm going to dub in an audience laughter noise. All right. Okay. I see what, what you did there because Morbius 2... <laughs> it wasn't a hit. Yeah. Well, Morbius Two definitely wasn't a hit because it doesn't exist. But like, the point is, I what I'm what I'm happy about all this thing is that you bounce back on your feet. You're here. You, uh, I like this message about investing in yourself. You know, I took that to heart and put nearly twenty dollars of my own money into this set. 
and some lights as well that I found in a dumpster someplace. Well, but- it, it, it shows. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's that's a lot. I'm not being facetious. No, you look great. That was my opening gambit to the, all of this. I said that you look great. Well, we weren't recording when that was happening, so I'll just. Uh, all right, we can. You, have- you look great. Well, <laughs> thank you, Ollie. You're welcome. All right, it's always nice getting compliments from Ollie Ride. Makes me feel good. So let's uh, listen to a track and then we'll get back to my conversation with Ollie. This is a cool one from Atmo Lifter. Don't know why I said it like that, but uh, anyway. And this track is called Haunted Universe by Atmo Lifter. And that was Atmo Lifter with the track Haunted Universe. That's a neat one. And uh, yeah, let's go back to my conversation with Ollie Ride, where I try to awkwardly explain to him that I think he is an excellent performer. Definitely, you are the um, the top song and dance man. You've got uh, costume changes and you put in a lot of energy and uh, there's a lot of vibrance to it. I remember it. I know this sounds stupid now, but I mean, like it was very like energetic and awesome performance that made me uh, feel alive. Amazing. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'd like to go hell for leather. I I think I said to you beforehand, it's the the best fun that you can have with your clothes on. 
Do you keep all the suits or do you like sell them afterwards to people who might want to? I've sold two of them. And to be honest, I do need to have a, a bit of a clear out because there's some that I just wouldn't wear again, especially the last time I, I, I mean, on that long tour, you know, they really took a hammering. They're like the lining gets, I mean, and then I, I work with this guy called Ray Brown. He's an amazing rock and roll tailor. And um, so all of the stuff that I wear of his is more or less indestructible. You can do anything to it. It's, it's incredible. So that's the stuff that I exclusively wear now on stage. Like no crotch accidents. <laughs> <laughs> well, who was that artist that that happened to? Uh, Lenny. Yeah, yeah. Lenny yeah. <laughs> his 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 tallywhacker broke free of his pantalons. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got nothing to be ashamed about. So no, no, no. It seemed all impressive. Everything I wear now has like a certain percentage of spandex in it. That's always a, a, a you know a good way to go with a little bit of flex in there. So you know. God forbid, in the eventuality, or in the, un- the in the unlikely event, or in the in event, if your cock falls out, <laughs> well, there's going to be no risk of it happening. Right, exactly. Although maybe to make sales, you know, like you want things more exciting, so you always want to give people the opportunity that it could happen, right? So that people get all excited to go. Yeah, exactly. There's like this element of of danger, like. And this precariousness that some skin <laughs> could emerge. When do you start like practicing? Are you practicing now or like? Yes. So, so there's like a few different phases of the prep stage. Firstly, you assemble the crew or the band and the crew. So it, this is kind of like a, a pretty lean setup in terms of crew, but it involves obviously the four-piece band and including myself it's a five-piece band so it's approaching those guys making sure that they've got the set list then giving them all of the individual stems that they're going to be learning then you give them the live arrangements then i have to prepare because we do use bits of playback in in the set which the band play along with and that thickens up up the sound so i have to prepare the, the show for playback and then it's lots of liaising with my tour manager and he he liaises with the rehearsal studios and the front of house engineer who's who's my front of house engineer and then there's a lighting designer that did all of the lights on the fm tour he's coming with us and then i have to basically give them all of the reference material give them all the notes tell them exactly what i want cue sheets and and it's just a mountain of work maybe i just get too involved in everything but i i'm a real stickler for detail and, you know, when lights and hit certain cues and although it's only like 500 people, I, I like every show to sort of have a level of consistency and, and a real strong production element to it. And it's because I want people to come away from it having been to a show. It's not just a gig. It's it's an experience and an hour and a half to forget about your crap and, and, and just immerse yourself in something that's fun and enjoyable and sing along but it's got that drama and uh, anticipation and so the preparation for me at least is is all that sort of nitty gritty delegation and then of course making sure that I can afford it mm. <laughs> so and then I have to start learning the songs myself or relearning in some cases the certain songs I haven't sung in a in a long time, and and so I have to sort of retrain, and and a lot of it's muscle memory as well. There's certain 
some really challenging songs in there and you work out how to do them you know through good preparation i couldn't just go and do it tomorrow so are you gonna sing wild ones yes <laughs> i just have to check that off the list yes excellent yes 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 i am it's a good song. i am i'm gonna be i'm um well, i was having a good chat with cole about all of it and um he's been super super supportive you know we both just realize that if one of us is is performing you know these are songs that we both created together and they will outlast either of us but if you know we can breathe new life into them and marry them with you know what we're doing now it's it's good it's good for both of us it's sort of carrying the flag on and you know so they're great songs and uh and they haven't been played in a long time so i think it's a balance as far as constructing a set it's like giving people what they know what they want but also intersplicing it with new stuff and um making it exciting and interesting so yeah All right, and we'll go back to my conversation with Ollie Ride in just a moment. But we got to listen to some more cool music. So I got one here from Klet. I think that's how you pronounce that. It's written in Cyrillic, so it's got that. It looks like it says K N E T, but that weird N I think makes an L sound. We've probably been through this before. Anyways, the track is called "Soviet Riviera" by Klet.
right, and that was Klet with the track Soviet Riviera, a nice chill song. I dig that vibe. And uh, now let's go back to my conversation with Ollie Ride, where I ask Ollie a stupid question. I have a stupid question. Ask away. If you're doing it with Sony, does that mean you can still sell it on Bandcamp? Or will it only be in like the iTunes and the those sorts of things? No, no, no. You, I mean, the, the unique way, without going in like into the, the, the finite details. Of my, <laughs> Hold up your contract in front of the webcam so we can... Yeah. The unique thing about this is, is that, firstly, it's a subsidiary of Sony, but it ha- so it basically means it's operates as an independent under the umbrella of a major so it has like the infrastructure and the support network there of a major but it's a small team of people and because going into this album i i mean i i mean i own it all i wrote it made it produced it all the videos are mine the artwork's mine all the ip is something that i grew and they've come on board so now it's like a 50 50 effort in terms of the the infrastructure that they can bring to elevate what i'm doing so for starters i don't have to give away you know i'm sure you've heard of 360 degree 360 deals where they take revenue from all of your sources of income whereas this is just pertaining to the record itself and the focus is is on this record it doesn't pertain to anything else and it reflects digital and physical sales but of course they'd get a slice of Bandcamp. i could still sell it on Bandcamp, of course okay yes yeah, so, yeah that's the thing i never understood because i guess like whenever i imagine like the bigger companies, like they might look down at Bandcamp as being like, but, but Bandcamp's pretty big, right? Yeah, Bandcamp's a huge organization. I don't know why I'm asking you this. I'm just <laughs> no. It's just my 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 take on it. I mean, it's and also, as I say, this is just relating to this one album. So you know, my other stuff can exist in other areas. But yeah, this will this will be on Bandcamp as well. Well, that's exciting. Cause that's where I like to buy my music. Thank you. That's where I like to take your money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so then cool so that's the bottom line right so people gotta go they want to they want to watch you live so they should go buy tickets yes um will there still be tickets by the time i post this interview well it, it's actually selling a lot faster than i thought so i know like in the first half an hour all of the vip sold out and and a good slice of the general admission went as well so i'm hoping touch woods it just it keeps going so if people do want to buy a ticket they can either go to ollyride.com or troubadour.com and buy tickets there and so if i post this thing and they go there and the tickets are sold out if they're sold out then um uh tough luck (laughs) (laughs) no no if, if 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 the tickets are sold out we'll either look at doing a venue upgrade so a bigger venue or i'm just gonna have to get my ass back to la sooner than i expected which i want to do either way <laughs> what would honestly happen tickets sell like 10 times more than you ever anticipated you know you're like we want to sell this many and all of a sudden it's like ten thousand people bought tickets like what would happen in that case i'm just I, listen let's let's uh, pie in the sky here right we're all uh if ten thousand people bought it and we needed to hire an arena then jesus then we would go to the promoter and say we need an arena and then they would negotiate an offer what about three shows a day at the same venue for a week oh god hell no (laughs) hell no my 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 voice wouldn't be able to take that or you could do a a show that the the day after or something but i think realistically what it would be 
is a venue upgrade. But again, I don't. I, I sort of approach these things with cautious optimism. You know, it's it's only a done deal until it's 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 sold out, and I never take it for granted. It's like it's like you put your music out into the world, and it's it's there for people to consume or negate, and you just hope people are still interested. I'm I'm announcing the show without having put out any new music for for a while and so it's basically just like a almost like a cold start blowing off the dust but also they haven't seen a solo show before so that's that's going for me and um and of course people love those old songs as well that's those are the the sort of the calling cards i guess I, like i think people are clamoring for more live stuff especially now you know when everyone's concerned about like ai stuff and like oh you know in a week's time you know ai is going to be making the music and all that stuff for everybody and i think that's just going to reinvigorate the need for live performance because that's like the one thing that the ai won't be able to do but i still think people want to see some stuff i know i do i hope so i mean i know there's the abba show in london at the o2 and they like produce these holograms and, and and apparently it's an amazing experience but again you're going into it knowing that what you're seeing isn't real and so i think it's ultimately people especially after two years have been cooped up it's just you can't substitute that the sort of transcendental experience of being in a room with a load of other people for sort of one purpose and one interest and i think it's a great unifier and I think the world is divided enough, and and I, I think that's the power of... I mean, of course, art, music, movies, they still divide opinion, and that's preference. But if you're buying a ticket as part of a group, you know what you're letting yourself in for. So I think there's always that community spirit going to do that. You're all you're all on, on the same side, or at least it's, it's my job to make sure that everybody's on the same side. And just, just enjoy just enjoy that experience because i don't think there's any there's no substitute for it and you feel um especially coming away from a good show it can it, you know it really alters your mood and 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 um it's part of life experience and it's a unique emotion i feel you know going to concerts and also playing concerts so yeah i i have faith i i am an eternal optimist so um i i believe in people craving realism and and uh, seeing beyond sort of the transient nature of social media and, and ai and i think ai I, I i view it as more as um as my, my friend was telling me it's like an excellent resource tool i think it, for example it's like for mood boards and coming up with concepts i was thinking that as well yeah for people who if because you know there's so many nightmare stories especially if you're friends with like you know visual artists you know working for uh, companies where they just give them really dumb notes and it's really annoying to get the, the ball rolling and so i thought in those terms i'm yeah. like well ai is perfect if you just you need to get the ball rolling and someone's just telling like i need a yeah. i need a kid and a balloon and it's for an insurance company and there's got to be a little house and a cloud and then you just whip up a thing yeah multiple versions and then when the client says that's the thing i want then you go and use that as the template to do some some proper art i mean i feel like that's yeah where yeah i think that's a really positive way of of utilizing it i think if you're solely reliant on it i think that's that is morbid yeah and, 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 <laughs> and also it's 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 fucking lazy where's the, the there is no there is no um 
ingenuity no or creativity no by it's 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 taking something that is algorithmic and data driven and and trying to pass that off as something that is 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 creative and could, i i just i don't subscribe to that at all but i do think it's a good way to get the ball rolling as far as like you need to come up with a concept or need to ask it a question where perhaps you may not find the resource material you know on the generic world wide web i mean that's the way i feel about it it's like they there's some people who are trying to take more credit for what they're doing like there's people like but i wrote the right keywords i found the right keywords and that's like it's ridiculous like i personally i I think that's a lot of a load of bollocks i think um <laughs> i wrote the right keywords it's just jesus christ it's i just where's the sense of accomplishment and or achievement and everybody just it just seems like people like that are just it's like a get rich quick scheme it's just yeah how can you expect to ever have a sense of accomplishment or fulfillment if you're just sort of half-arsing it and just taking the easy part i just i don't know i think there's a greater sense of accomplishment and and fibrousness or wholesomeness, you know, setting out, learning your craft, slaving away at it, chipping away at it, failing, mm. lots of failing and learning and and then coming out on top. You know, because ultimately, isn't that what life's about? It's it's about that sort of element of exploration and, and sort of finding your, your purpose and your, your standing in relation to your surroundings and, and maybe sort of gleaning something that interests you and and pursuing it and i i don't know that's maybe that's my sort of artsy fartsy way of looking at things but i i I take comfort in that and i don't rely on technology in that regard i think we're all reliant on technology but i don't use it as the as the vessel i'm the vessel i'm the the conduit i don't i don't use it as that because i think that's a, a a dangerous path you know which people already do tread so, um, these are the droids you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, man, listen. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're all having fun here. So, uh, let's listen to another track and then we will finish my chat with Ollie Ride. So let's listen to some more Ollie Ride. How about that? This is like some of the stuff you can expect if you go buy tickets and see him in person. If you're in the L.A. area, because that's what it's all about. Uh, This is the track I'm a Believer by Ollie Ride.
All right, and that was Ollie Ride with the track I'm a Believer. Uh, Thanks in Advance is a great album, so you should definitely uh, check it out if you haven't already. And uh, now let's uh, go back and conclude my chat with Ollie Ride. The point is, uh, tickets on sale, Troubadour, June. 15th. 15th. <laughs> well, no. Well, the, well, the, the show is on the 15th. The, the show is on the 15th, uh, so go. I'll post links underneath this thing if there's still stuff available, but if there isn't, they should still try anyways because then maybe yeah. the, maybe it'll be a sign that they need to... Uh, upgrade. Upgrade, or or as Ollie said earlier, he'll do three shows a day from the same venue for, for a week. Uh, that's confirmed. No. He said his voice can take it. He's a strong boy. <laughs> He's had two no. years to practice because only for I... three days. The second the pandemic started, he had three days to watch movies. What what movies did you watch in that three days? Bloody hell. You've literally just falsified everything that I've said to <laughs> you. I did not have sexual relations yeah, with that yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Do you know what my... One of the first movies I watched actually during the, the pandemic was a, a movie called The Fourth Protocol with Michael Caine and Pierce Brosnan, and it's a brilliant sort of Cold War era thriller, spy thriller, which is fucking awesome. 1987. I've never heard of that. Honestly, it's one of the best thrillers ever. I just watched a movie called Miami Connection, which was really awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it might be a slightly different caliber than The Fourth Protocol, but whatever. So, okay. point is. That's that's happening. Go buy tickets to your show. And yes, please, please a new do. album is coming out. Yes. There's no official date of release, right? There's no official date of release, um, but that will be announced imminently. Okay, so that's exciting. Vague details. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite part about always like recording interviews for the podcast and uh, listening back to old episodes and all the stuff that people couldn't talk about. And just the way that it dates interviews, where it's just like, and I've got a new yeah. thing coming up. I can't talk about it yet. When you listen like seven years later, it's just like, what the hell's the secret? You know? I know, I know. It's it's, it's ridiculous, but uh, alas, like, I can't talk about it yet. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say some some final thoughts before I hang up on you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's coming. I'm, I'm got my oh, finger on yeah. the button. <laughs> well, firstly, it's been lovely to to see you and talk to you after so long mate because uh yeah it has been far too long mm. and i really appreciate you having me on on your new fandangled reupholstered vajazzled high spec triple fried keep going reinforced <laughs> more words galvanized show <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's all, I always have a good time chatting with you, and I really appreciate you um, shouting about my uh, about my show, uh, which I hope or hope people will come to. Yeah, well, look, man, it, it'll be good. You, you you put on a good thing, and uh, I try you put on I a really good try. thing. That's <laughs> but no, but it, no, but it is true. Like whenever anyone would talk about like live show stuff, like I always just say like you know like Ollie's like. You you put on a good show. Thank you. I'm trying to say this in a way where I'm not like disparaging other people. So like it's just no, you, no it's okay. You can disparage other people. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I no, I really appreciate it, and I and I put my heart and soul into it. So it really means a lot. It genuinely means a lot, and I also love it. I love it. It's it's, it's my favorite thing to do. So it's um, 
hopefully that comes across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen, it was lovely talking to you. Always a pleasure. And uh, keep on being a cool guy. You too. And uh, for everybody else uh, watching, I'll also uh, I'll catch up with Ollie again on Beyond Synth. Yes. Uh, but that'll be closer to the album release date. Yes, it will. But we don't know what that is, so it's a fucking surprise. But we all... We all like surprise. So anyways, you have a lovely evening. You too. And uh, go and uh, master that record. I thought you were going to say something else there. <laughs> oh, I could have. <laughs> have a lovely Sorry. evening and go and master that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm horrible at goodbyes. I'm going to hang up on you now. All right. Fuck off. Tip- <laughs> <laughs> all right. Take care, dude. All right, mate. Thanks, man. <laughs> Bye. that was my chat with ollie Wright. all right we had a good time i think he's still selling tickets again i wanted to get this episode out there as quickly as possible i think ollie still has tickets for sale uh you can always check out the links i'm gonna post in the show notes or you can just check out ollie's socials but it's always fun chatting with him and i would also like to say that if you enjoyed that please check out the beyond synth youtube channel if you want to see the video version of that chat because i did have to edit some of the stuff for the uh, the radio version you just heard because sometimes, you know, when it's like a visual joke or something, it doesn't work on radio. But uh, anyway, uh, if you enjoy that, go check it out and you can see what we both look like. Isn't that an awesome prize? <laughs> Seriously, though, it's always fun chatting with Ollie, so I hope you enjoyed that. Okay, so stay tuned to the next episode of Beyond Synth, which is going to be my chat with Sam from Hyperfocus Games. And uh, until then, have a lovely day. I think my plan is to actually post that other episode later on today. So you'll be getting uh, two episodes of Beyond Synth today, unless you're in some weird time zone, but that's okay. So listen, have a lovely time. I hope you are having Having a lovely day and uh, keep on being cool and uh, stay tuned to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Now get out of here. Beyond Synth Radio is produced by Andy Last. Check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by listeners like you. Consider supporting Beyond Synth at patreon.com slash beyond synth. Thanks for listening.